0: Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone. Welcome to the latest Writer Rumblings video podcast. Uh, This is volume two, number five or six. I'm already losing count and we're not even past five or six. Um, This is the incredible shrinking Marie McCormick, (laughs) our uh, uh, once um, circular football scribe who's (laughs) done amazing things to alter his uh, appearance. I'm getting down to defensive
1: lineman weight.
0: So my I'm, goal is to be a linebacker. My goal is to stay below your weight, and this is going to be really <laughs> tough.
1: That's my goal is to beat your weight. As
0: of uh, as of Saturday, I was two hundred forty-seven point six pounds, down from two fifty-three over a couple of weeks. But you're you're liable to lose five pounds during this
1: podcast. I probably can. I was two sixty-three the other day. So, uh,
0: my goodness, yeah, it's you're a big this- load
1: from a lot in so March.
0: Hopefully, this is a much lighter podcast. By the time football season gets here, I'm hoping there's. 100 pounds less combined cool. of, of the podcasters. I think that would be nice.
1: Well, it all started for me at training camp. Well, I, I worked before, but I wanted to lose 10 pounds at training camp, and people know the football foodie. I eat well on the road. So I figured if I lost 10 pounds, it would be like losing 20 because I wouldn't gain the 20, 10 pounds. So it's a long time ago, but anyway.
0: And and you even ate smartly during the Super Bowl yesterday, as I did. did I. Yes. Um, of course it's pretty easy not to eat a lot when you're sleeping and that's the <laughs> that's the point i reached watching that game I, I honestly i almost lost consciousness twice during the during the fourth quarter uh, that was it's one Aww. thing to say you like defensive football that was awful
1: what, what part that was, was absolutely awful? just because boring
0: and uh, oh my goodness that was terrible as a proud
1: supporter of the black and gold steelers from the way back in the glory days when defense won championships i loved it. I loved it's a strong word. I liked it. I didn't find it bothering me. It was awesome. I wished Goff had played better, and I wish Brady had played better because I think more offense would have been a little more fun to watch. But you gotta like defense like that. It was, that was- hard-nosed, smash-mouth, in your face. the The two cornerbacks for the for the Patriots stood up big. Though I like the way the defensive line on the the Rams played. Jared Goff, awesome, gets him to that point. He's not ready to get him past that point. And I think Bill Belichick. Hats off. And I hate to say hats off to Patriots because we all kind of have an inner dislike for the Patriots. But a lot of credit to Bill Belichick and his defensive coordinator. And his, they had they took what Rams had, which is probably should be running the ball. Which still haven't figured out why they haven't used Todd. Gurley why don't they, they use
0: Todd Gurley?
1: But they took that out of that game, and then they did. well, And Tony Romo kept breaking it down and breaking it down. Like Tony the, Romo
0: was a Super Bowl MVP. He
1: was a, he was very good. But you know, even he had a hard time finding some things to point out because there really wasn't anything to point out. I'm not, he called
0: I, the first missed field goal by Goskowski. 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 Like that was that was uncanny.
1: Eight punts, like, you know, mm. in y- a y- row. In a row, eight, and that you know that's the right. Which,
0: which takes us nicely into the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I
1: know that was like their grunt and punt offense, that you so uh, aptly named. That, yeah, that's a lot of punts. But boy, they just couldn't seem to get anything going. And I, you know, give the Patriots all the credit. Like, it's I kind of I meant to look this up. I guess I kind of got busy, but. Has Brady been in the league for eighteen years?
0: Actually, the first Super Bowl he won was his second year. Second year, and one of the Patriots' other quarterbacks that that first year was Drew Bledsoe. Was an ex-Rough Rider. Oh, Michael Bishop.
1: Was he really? Yeah. Really? Holy smokes! That's... My,
0: Michael Bishop and Tom Brady were on the Rough Riders. I mean, on <laughs> well, on, on, the, the Patriots, on, the, on the Patriots in two thousand.
1: Good... Okay, so to think he's been around that long. And everyone keeps finding ways to knock him down from his wife to the way his attitude is. So he's done that great interview. But boy, you just watch him. He had one drive. You knew he
0: was going to make the play. He had
1: to do one drive to win that game, the way it shaped up. And what a drive. What a dime he dropped to Gronkowski. Yeah. That was just, if you don't, okay. Sure, it's boring, no offense, but that pass play went for the Super Bowl ages. I think it was just a dime in there. And then then they handed it off to Michelle, whose brother played for the, for Calgary, Stand for Calgary, so that's a pretty athletic family. But
0: they've had a good few months. Like
1: you know, where the Patriots stack up like twenty or thirty running backs, so there's always going to be somebody in there for that yeah. uh, some connection somewhere. But that pass to Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, wow, what a game! Like amazing. Like no one th- kind of thought about him. It's it might be the worst beard in sports since Oliver Andrew, Andrew Luck's beard. But kind of nice. To his wife's probably looking forward to shaving that thing off.
0: But here's what bugs me though. <laughs> Here we go. Here's my Patriots rant. <laughs> Julian Edelman missed the first four games of yeah. this season, PEDs. Throwing to him was a quarterback who was once suspended because of the Deflategate scandal, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And coaching them both was Mr. Spygate himself, Bill Belichick. So if you look at the three of the principals in that game, they've all been suspended by the National Football League. No wonder people don't like the Patriots.
1: That's true very that's a very good point and it's uh i did wonder where they'd be if it but you know it's that's there's a the great rules.
0: column in the usa today today is there about today, today about how uh um there's sort of a double standard when you look at football people don't really look at a PED exactly cheat in football and focus that much on it whereas there's, there's athletes in the Major League Baseball who are never going to make the Hall of Fame because of perceived or actual use of PEDs. We're talking about Roger Clemens. We're talking about Barry Bonds, etc. Um, and in some cases, that's speculation as opposed to, to anything that's been verified. Yet uh-huh. when there's verifiable use of PEDs, in the National Football League. The guy wins the Super Bowl, gets MVP, and nobody even mentions it except the USA Today. I find even
1: when we write stories about CFLers getting caught for PEDs, it barely budges the needle. It barely registers that game. I don't think people don't care. Maybe they just, you know, do what you got to do and, you know, you get caught. You kind of say you're bad, bad, bad boy. Slap they on never the say
0: that though. They say, oh, gee, oh, yeah. I don't know what happened to my, gee, something got in there somehow. Yeah. It was inadvertent. I was taking, I was taking a, a nasal spray and all yeah. of a sudden never, I grew an antler. Like, or they say, honestly.
1: Or the odd, the odd guy does come up and say, no, they never, I don't think a guy's ever come up and admitted it to taking it. Cause maybe I just,
0: I just like somebody once to say, yep. I did it. I was yeah. trying to, I was trying to, I think Andy Pettit did that when he was, when he was nil when he was pitching for the Yankees. Yeah. And he, and he just, yeah, I took well, it. Well,
1: Marcus Thigpen never said he took it, but I kind of bet that he got caught. Well, I don't know how he got caught. He got caught too. Just come out and say, look,
0: all of these things aren't inadvertent. They're, athletes know what they're putting in their bodies more than anybody. Their body mm-hmm. is their career. So for people to think, oh, gee, oh, that's, I don't know, the it's the old Ben Johnson defense oh, yeah. from 1988. I, gee, how did that get in there? Come on.
1: He's got honestly. it, honestly. But more exciting than the PEDs and then the game. The commercials are awesome. I have to bet I didn't realize for the first couple of years. I watched minutes. the
0: Canadian version, so oh, okay. I. But well, I, I got to where
1: Western Pizza went to. I said to my wife, I'm like, what happened to all the Canadian commercials? Are they out there in the netherworld, just sort of floating, hoping, hoping the rules get changed and it Donald Trump
0: back? took credit for the commercials, the real commercials, being on available in Canada. Did he? I missed yeah. that interview. Yeah, he, during his his interview with Face the Nation, he,
1: oh, thank he you, talked Donald about Trump, the wonderful things he's done. Make Canada great viewers. again, I so. guess. Eh? That might be the best phrase of that. But. And I, so I said, so I was telling my story, I didn't realize the Canadian, the American commercials were on until I saw this interesting one about some water that has alcohol in it. I thought, that's weird. What's that doing on Canadian TV? And then I, so basically I didn't go to the bathroom, other than the game would provide many opportunities. You're not to go. eating
0: anymore. You don't need to but go you still to drink
1: bathroom. lots of water. And so you still, have, so the, there's enough breaks in the game that you could go to the, the bathroom and cut I up. I went
0: for a walk at halftime.
1: Did you, oh, I you went missed? for
0: a nice half-hour walk at halftime in the old press room, which I, oh. uh, which is well, that's, that
1: was the longest halftime in the history of Super Bowls. And I
0: and I didn't miss anything by the sounds. I, it sounds I like can, it was I can, bad. I,
1: I, I, I kind of liked it. There were lots of fireworks, lots of different music going on, and you know, I was I was kind of entertained. I, I don't know what I expect from Maroon Five. I can't remember. I only know one song. They do, and I trying not remember what the they only
0: know one song as well.
1: They kind it. of all sound the same. And I didn't know when and Adam Levine took his shirt off. I didn't know whether to listen to him or read him, because he was inked. Like there is a lot of tattoos on that guy, and he's in pretty good shape too. So they don't they don't skimp on the halftime show for the Super Bowls. And I think you kind of gotta watch it because you see what they can do with electronics and stuff, and fireworks and things like that to make it a whole better show. But and then I don't know if you watch the pregame stuff. I'm giving kudos to TSN because their pre-game stuff with the Great Cup was far more interesting.
0: Oh, I, I tweeted yesterday how boring the pregame oh, show I was, was trying on, to think I was watching
1: golf. You know, I was trying to watch Ricky Fowler see how he could explode three different times before he actually went on to win that tournament.
0: Did you see the intro, though, with Peyton Manning? Yes, that, that was, was hilarious. And John Malkovich, oh my goodness, that was tremendous. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that, was, was be- that was... That intro was better than the entire football game. Peyton well, th- th- Manning th- th- wins his third Super Bowl yesterday.
1: There was also the one where they had the NFL veterans all eating dinner. Did you see I that didn't one? See that oh, one. That there's a banquet, and then they inadvertently throw up. They're, they're throwing a ball around, and then they inadvertently a ball ends up on the floor, and you could see the defensive lineman and the <laughs> offense. Oh, ball! And just turns into this huge brawl. If you're out there in the world, and you're going to go and Google something, that's one well worth watching. And I guess Glenn Love, who was here for as a special teamer, and I think was one Montreal last year, was a stunt man in that movie. And that was <laughs> right. So it's like a movie I saw he tweeted that last night, so maybe he's. He didn't do much. I didn't. He didn't do have a heck of a lot here, but he was pretty good. So there's a little tie to the riders that we can keep calling his rider rumblings, I guess. And
0: what what else we do to validate the title? It's there. Were, very little has changed in in, in the last in the yeah. weeks since we last did one of these these uh, podcasts. We're on the
1: cusp of changes, though.
0: They're still looking for a defensive core. They still have yet to re-announce their coaching staff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, we're still waiting for the 2020 Great Cup to be awarded. I found to it somebody. interesting that
1: Three Down Nation announced that Jason Shivers had an interview. Kind of somebody goes, Yeah, well, they're gonna have an interview, he's, he's got to have an interview, so that's interesting. I, th- I still think he's gonna be the front runner and he's gonna probably land the job unless he blows so up his interview.
0: Don't they need more experience on that coaching staff, though? If you look yeah. at you got a first first time head coach, that's a good point. You've got you're likely gonna bring back Stephen McAdoo, the offensive coordinator of a team that was absolutely awful on offense last year, yep. and now you're gonna, if it's Jason Shivers, and this may prove me wrong but first time first time defensive coordinator but he's been so your three principal positions on the coaching staff rookie rookie and coming off awful year is that the kind of coaching staff that you really Shivers need? Shivers has
1: been around this this defense and this scheme since 14 like he kind of and he's been around the chris Jones world since 13 as like, with the Argos a little bit so he kind of knows what's going on I, I don't think he's he's inexperienced but I don't think he's un not capable of doing the job and he knows it's going to do and maybe
0: but you're crossing your fingers you, you know, don't well, know they're
1: crossing your fingers with jeremy o'day the whole staff is a cross your fingers type yeah. thing right now not, not saying jeremy Day hasn't done it but you know that six so whatever he did in 15 for how many months was that four months well
0: whatever uh
1: and he did make a pretty started, good trade of
0: august 31st 2015 and he made some
1: good trades in there too i think he got capania K- capina capina sorry sorry tyler i'll remember <laughs> it next year but I can pronounce the next guy's name, Jerome Messam. But <laughs> yeah, and wasn't Kevin Glenn thrown in there too?
0: Yeah, or? I traded Kevin Glenn to Montreal for a sixth.
1: So he could make some deals. Good thing. Good thing. Well, That's so why I Kevin keep Glenn you around. Kevin Glenn for a sixth isn't really much of a deal. I keep you around because you remember all that stuff. And the off season, my brain turns to mush because I'm still enjoying all the commercials the Bud Lake commercials were hilarious I just but
0: I I don't know I uh, you're right though if you look if you look at the unknown commodities in this team you don't know if Jeremy O'Day can be a general manager you don't know if Craig Dickinson can be a head coach you don't know if Jason Shivers can be a defensive coordinator you don't know if Stephen McAdoo can well I think he might be the most known commodity of the bunch though yeah as much as there's this there's this specter of last season that's hovering over Stephen McAdoo. You also have to give him 2017 when they led the league yep. in touchdown passes with with 35, and he's won he's won he won a great Cup as the offensive coordinator with uh, Eskimos in 2015. But the fact remains that offense last year was just horrible. I think if that they don't, offense last year was the Super Bowl yesterday. If they
1: don't have that offense last year and he performs at the level that he's sort of maintained or set, he's the head coach now. And I still don't think, I know Jeremy interviewed him, I don't think they could have sold him as a head coach. And I don't think he'll, unless he comes back this year and they have, they light it up, they get a quarterback that can do stuff that can make that offense kind of work, kind of more from a grunt and punt to a, I love that phrase, by the way. Thank you. I'm going to have to use it more often. That's going to be good. Yeah, it'd be like your welcome phrase for your, your catchphrase. <laughs> to make an offense that's better than the Super Bowls and, you know, maybe they get a quarterback that can work with it and they can do these kind of things. Maybe his, his chances of being a head coach are revived, but. He's got to come back and they've got to do something on offense this year or it's going to be another frustrating season. Because I don't, I don't think they're going to be defensively as strong. I just don't.
0: Well, so much depends upon what's happened. They've already lost Sam Maguavin. Yeah. Now, if they lose Willie Jefferson. Yeah. Oh, ugh. And, you know, y- you look at the, the, the pool of free agents. If you lose Willie Jefferson, there's not a Willie Jefferson out there for you to sign, no. is there?
1: No, Toby Antigua. Maybe you know, I mean,
0: maybe. there's nobody who's going to have that kind of impact. As uh, as as far as a defensive player is and Willie both, Jefferson, and we know Willie so followed resign. Chris.
1: Yeah, you know it's kind of been that Chris and Willie, Chris Jones and Willie Jefferson have been friends and and together for a while. So there's that kind of that pattern there. And does he go to the NFL if, if Chris can sell him down there? He's had a couple of chances, and then they really stuck. So and if
0: not, is he? There's he's really not guaranteed to come back here yeah. now that Chris Jones isn't here. I mean, that he will be has a, some
1: ties to the community, you know, with the touchdowns for dreams, and I, I don't know how much that plays into a player's mind that he, they want to do that kind of thing but yeah I think if he's gone I know it's it's not exactly one that busts the the, the newspapers or the deadlines but signing Mike resigning Mike Edom was pretty big he's a very versatile guy he's one of those leaders on the team and you know that keeps that secondary which was pretty good for the most part you know they, they got what nine picks between them ten they kind of part of that defense turning things into touchdowns so getting Mike Edom back is a, is a pretty big signing and he's going to get his money. So I think, you know, it's not going to be on the Mike Riley side of things, but here's the question. What if they don't get a Mike Riley? What if they don't get a quarterback? What if they don't land one of the three, basically Riley, Bo Levi and Harris? And
0: It won't be Bo Levi. I mean, he's going back, he'll go back to Calgary. So so do they
1: look at other free agents? Do you kind of say, well, we better load up on receivers because we're, you know, we're going to have Kevin Glenn throwing short passes to well, someone.
0: I remember, though, in 96, there was the uh, dispersal draft after the American teams was folded. And then they brought in Rod Harris, a really good receiver. And they brought in Curtis Mayfield. And they already had Don Narcisse. And they had Dan Farthing. But they didn't have a quarterback. So it didn't matter if they had pretty good receivers. But it, because they, they had Kevin Mason, Warren Jones, Heath Rylance, and Jimmy Kemp.
1: But they're not. are they in that position this year because they don't have a quarterback because of their own fault? Or just things, kind of circumstances mounted against. But well, they, and I know we're gonna, because Zach Clarice's name it was a total contri-
0: botch job with the quarterbacking yeah. last year. They didn't get anywhere with what they did, and they didn't develop anybody. But as,
1: as I've said many times before, in January they got the best quarterback that was available. He just wasn't the best quarterback from <laughs> May till <laughs> November. You
0: couldn't, you, couldn't, you, you, you couldn't, couldn't count, count on, on him. No,
1: and you know we're gonna find out. So they did that. They went out and they did what they had to do. Are you know, only had a one year deal because of the way the CBA lines up. But you know, maybe. In a world where Zach comes back and plays like 15 or 16, maybe it's a different world, but it was just not 16, but 15. So maybe that kind of bounced up. I, and I'll the, the top three of the top three in the rest of them, you go, ooh, I don't like Jonathan Jennings. Yeah, Jonathan
0: Jen- Jennings, I don't know. It's I,
1: funny how Jonathan Jennings is playing himself out of the favorite role I've not played it down.
0: Here's what bugs me about Jonathan Jennings. If a divisional rival that doesn't currently have a quarterback that they can count on, is so determined not to bring back Jonathan Jennings, isn't that a red flag Like yeah. with with lights flashing? like Shouldn't that tell you something about Jonathan? If, if if they're that determined that Jonathan Jennings, who had such a tremendous season in 2016, isn't their guy, shouldn't that just be a oh, scarecrow? No,
1: exactly. I'm thinking exactly. Those are good points. It's not like,
0: okay, we can't make a deal. It'll go to free agency. It's like, we don't want him back. Yeah. You know, go away. That's so, but what do they scary. do, Rob?
1: What do they do? Like this is, you, you know, you want to you kind of look in free agency trying to figure out what are the rider's holes. Well, the rider's holes are quarterback, maybe a little depth at defensive. And receiver. See, and receiver, maybe a little depth on the offensive line a little bit, you know, just get some Canadian depth because you always need that. But they're think?
0: okay on the offensive line. Yeah, they're okay defensive the defensive line. line. You don't the yeah. defensive line's a hole to me. Yeah, but they. Charleston know, Hughes did nothing over the second half of last yeah, season. But you got
1: Zach Evans back. Sign, you sign a guy to get And Willie Jefferson's.
0: Yeah, the defensive line's very good if Willie Jefferson comes back. If they if he does if he doesn't come back, it's blah.
1: Yeah, and the linebackers. You know, Sam McGowan was good, but you can find the linebacker. It's kind of like running backs. I think they can always find a good linebacker. Mind you, Sam McGowan not putting him in that category. Don't send me any emails, but. You know, and then the secondary is pretty good, and they got good special teams. They're going to have two of the best place kickers in the league with Lowther and Krapena. That's a big thing they got to decide. What are they going to do there? That's Brett Lowther next. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is too. And Josh Bartello will kick around for a while. Literally, kick around for quite a while. And so that's so it's a quarterback and. You know, we're going to write thousands of words on what's going to be happening in free agency. I don't know if there's a thousands of words <laughs> what's going to happen on free agency. Cause well, there's books about what, what the Rough
0: Riders need to do a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, someone could ever write a book about that. I think I'll do another one. Maybe you should.
0: But it's interesting. though. Like, what if uh, Mike Riley doesn't come here? What if Trevor Harris doesn't come here? And so, what if what if the discussion is suddenly Jonathan Jennings or what do you do, Kevin Glenn? I wonder if there's a case for you mentioned Kevin Glenn. I wonder if the case, if there's a case for okay we're going to take a year and we're going to develop a young quarterback. They started developing young receivers last year. Now let's develop a young quarterback and let's grow something here as opposed to plug in a different quarterback every year as has been the case uh the in recent years. Would P- could they sell that to the rider nation look we got a new head coach where we're we have we're we're kind of starting over from scratch with this regime and we're starting with a Neglist quarterback who we think can grow with this team, and then you sign, say, Kevin Glenn to provide mentorship yeah. and effectiveness when needed. Would people buy that if they saw a quarterback
1: That's like plan Z, a eh? plan?
0: But <laughs> wouldn't you? I would rather see that than than say yeah. sign Jonathan Jennings. If you can't get one of the two marquee free agents, presumably you've got a negotiation list. Presumably you've got some kind of pipeline yeah, somewhere in the
1: neighborhood of twenty quarterbacks on the list too. So
0: bring bring one or two of those guys in. And let's develop a quarterback here.
1: But as I think we have I think we may be repeating ourselves. But I kind of think you're developing a quarterback. You're taking a step back. You're not going to be 13 and five next year.
0: But it's, is that a is that a price that's worth paying if you can be? Well, if, if you there's can no quarterbacks, quarter-
1: if, you, if you can't get a quarterback, because obviously this is a year. So if it's, it's, it's Jonathan quarter-
0: Jennings, or forget it. Why not? Why not just pl- pl- mind your ne- mind your neg list.
1: And this is the year the quarterbacks we- available as free agents, because I'm assuming with the CD, two, two there's two two. That's right,
0: and everybody wants them.
1: So there's two elite quarterbacks. I don't think that's going to happen next little while because the CBA is going to be for five, four or five years. I would think they're not going to shine a, sign a short-term CBA, so there won't be this great glut. I don't know, can you call two quarterbacks a glut?
0: Well, they wouldn't. They're, they're, I don't know what the correct. A glut generally refers to some quantity. Yes. Um, so maybe perhaps an oversaturation.
1: Yeah, maybe or a couple of them. There's, there's, there's <laughs> two. A couple. You
0: won't get two quarterbacks of that. Caliber yeah. becoming free agents again for, for that hasn't been the yeah. the history.
1: I know you've also gone on your soapbox and said they should have the CBA settled by now. Oh, this is so, not gonna this happen. This is ridiculous. You wired. It's not gonna this happen. This is
0: so ridiculous. <laughs> February twelfth is a free agency deadline. What are they, they're going to Germany, they're going to Mexico, oh, they're going to all these places. Sit down and get this deal done. And I realize it takes two parties to negotiate but the CFLPA well, and the CFL should be sitting and they should be negotiating around the clock right now because well,
1: the players aren't exactly stampeding to come to open up negotiations either and it's up to them what i understand okay you're so. Randy
0: Ambrosi. you rent a room say at the at, you rent a uh, conference room at a hotel in a hotel in Toronto and you sit there with a coffee and you take a picture and you put it on twitter and you say hey CFLPA we're ready to start negotiating when do you want to start yeah I don't Let's know why go. the players
1: are dragging their. And I know uh, there was a good question. And, and It's to their where,
0: benefit to have the to have the CBA done. Well, by the, February 12th is, then you know what the cap money is. An
1: interesting point is, though, there's no bonus money being paid in the off season right now. They're all going to get paid. You know, once the CBA settles, is going to be all their money going to go. But same token, these guys are going through a whole off season without any money, which is pretty tough. And that's a pretty, as much as you like negotiating ploys. That's a great ploy, a move on this league to do that because these kids don't have any money. And that's going to make them even more hungry when it comes time. So why to, are
0: they negotiating? I don't know. They've 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 seen this date for coming coming for. They've known since twenty fourteen that the deal yeah. expires in twenty nineteen. So where's the lack? Where why? Where is the urgency to get something done? I realize a lot of these things have to go down to the last minute, in order for both sides to present their best offer and for an agreement to be made. But I think February twelfth is as crucial a deadline as yeah. May or June or whenever this CBA the existing CBA expires. Sit down and start hammering this thing out so that everybody, players, agents, GMs, knows what the cap number is when free agency starts. How silly is this?
1: All right. Randy, we know you're listening. So rent a hotel. It could be the Harbor Castle. Yeah. It can, all right, Super Eight, you Super
0: know? Eight, Super Six, Super Six, a day's I mean, in, whatever, um, or Hotel stay, Six. That's hotel what it is. Hotel Six. Uh, sorry. just get a hotel room and Used to make it grandstand a little and say, okay, we're ready to start talking. And you know, Randy Ambrosio has talked so much about the inroads he's made with the players. Okay, great. Let's see. Yeah. If this is if there's any capital to be gained from that, let's see if that's if and that it, it is it true. We'll know the, once they start uh, negotiating. Is,
1: is money going to be the issue? Money's always going to be the issue, but it seems to be more underlying things like player safety and the rules and those kind of things. Not as much like how much the salary cap. How they're going to get this CF, TSN pot, get more money from that is going to be a big part of it. But you know, there seem to be a lot of other issues in there than this money, but. They need to get more money to players. Well, you know, if it's, if
0: it's not a de- negotiation with with the salary cap is the fundamental issue, it shouldn't be that difficult a no. session. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, the money's always the always always but, what people yeah come to or you Think about over. this
1: globe trotting CFL. I don't know. Like I kind of was, uh, I kind of bought into Mexico a little bit. i kind of that's because
0: you're going there.
1: I oh, know. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, Kind of the German football league, and I understand. And I understand Randy's in the bottom line this is the bottom line. You can't raise any more money in Canada for the CFL. So if you're going to bring in revenue, you got to expand beyond Canada. And that's not the whole reason, but pretty big point of this is they can get more money, more revenue, more TV streams from outside Canada. Now, do you think some kids watching saw that combine in Mexico and is dreaming of being a CFL kicker? I don't think so. I don't. I don't quite see it, but.
0: And we still, there still really isn't much of a plan that's been unveiled no. as far as what happens to these players that were drafted in the Mexican draft.
1: Yeah, they, and I think like, someone puts a s- somebody, good.
0: Somebody, can somebody clarify us on where this is all all going? Clarify well, things on where this is all going. It just seems to be a very haphazard.
1: Well, there's a really good. Uh, I think I don't know if Drew Edwards wrote it on Three Down Nation. I'm thinking that they're internationals. That's why you have that designation. Yeah. That that's fine. That's what because you always want nots. An international, but that's that's what they're supposed to be, and that's a fine it was a fine column if it's well uh, researched and written. It's compared to a lot of other things that happens, but good for them. I, I agree with that. Make them internationals. It takes a whole part of it out of the game. Don't take the nationals. And then they're not going to play. Exactly. Make
0: them an international, and the fifth string defensive back from Tuskegee Institute yeah. is further ahead in the game so than a player make from them the Mexican nationals. Football don't even think of. Oh, well, they them go a, if they go there.
1: They aren't nationals. They're internationals. So that's another. And even this German football league, i sure they all play football, but are they going to come here and play in the CFL? And I like the idea of giving... Jim, a, Jim
0: Germany Jim Germany would have been a natural, funny, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Sorry, Dieter Brock. So I like the idea of giving Canadian kids a chance to go play in another league to, to further that's develop. That's the
0: thing I like. Where do these kids go after college? Now you've right. got a place for them to go.
1: And it's kind of like junior football. You know what happens? A kid doesn't want to go to university, wants to play football after high school have great junior programs in Canada, outstanding. And the United States could do with that too if that would probably help them. But I think give an opportunity, give them some chances to play. But are the Mexicans going to play Canadian rules down there? I don't I don't understand that. And do they, I don't even know what German plays. Do they play a, a mixture?
0: I think they play, they play American, don't probably they?
1: Probably. I remember going back to my high school days, we played a mixture of Canadian and CFL. And American. How did you do that? Well, it was pretty bad. I have I don't no idea. I can't remember why we had three downs and... No, four downs, and that was, yeah, was kind of weird.
0: I hmm.
1: Yeah, I know. They played 11, 12 guys, though. So. As
0: long as they didn't use 13. That's true. That's too. a sore point. Well, we can't count I'd that. I'd better high. sign off now.
1: <laughs> no, we can't. We can bring that up again. Anyway, uh, no football for a while. AAF, are we going to watch I'll, that? I'll
0: pay some attention to it, I think. I I want to see if it's any good. I, I I like the fact that there's something to fill the void between now and the beginning of CFL training camp. Should
1: CFL teams be really worried?
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. Either, I, I, think. I the I think what it's going to take, it might take that middle ground of players. Yeah. That's their talent pool. If you look at their quarterback draft,
1: Marky e. William could couldn't play here. It was just it was a bunch of
0: nobodies, that, yeah. you know, even players who've been found wanting at the CFL level such as you cited. So so the, there's there's more money to be made for the really good players in the CFL than there is. Yeah, in the Alliance was, of American Football. But, the, but that middle ground, those sort of your 15th, 16th, 17th Americans, that's where they might are, be. Those are the guys. That's, ex- that's replaceable. The league survived the USFL and the World yeah. Football League and, and, and the expansion XFL. expansion into the States. So it, yeah. it'll be fine. But guys
1: like Sam McGuavin and Ed Gainey, these guys that come up, those are the type of guys that don't come up as big stars. You may lose out on them a little bit. And then when they get here, they get developed and they find a Canadian game suits them so well. That maybe that's the type of player. That type of player they might miss out on.
0: And if they have to be, if, if they are losing some American players of substance, There's use that. more use more Canadians. That's true. Good idea. You know, it's, 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 it is.
1: It is the Canadian football. Oh, you stole that from me. I was going to use that. Oh, can't have fun. That's my other
0: soapbox. There's way too many American players in the Canadian football. It's the Canadian football. But league. You,
1: you, I know, and we've had this debate, and it's probably going. You watch the Canadian kids play. The many you're going to go spend. Maximum dollars to watch Canadian kids play.
0: I I, I enjoyed watching the Rams a lot more than I enjoyed watching the Rough Riders this season. Yeah, and it, and, and this wasn't a great year for the Rams.
1: You're a small group of people.
0: It's way. Take a look at the Rider offense, and compare that to what what the opportunity to go watch Noah Picton. I
1: know,
0: no contest.
1: Good for him getting signed. I, I
0: very rarely have left a U Sports and Canada West football game being disappointed. The Canadian rules and the Canadian game will always be mightier than the than the cogs yeah. in the wheel. You need some American players to make it a make to enhance the quality of play, but do you need that many? You look at some of the look at some of the receivers that the players that the riders have were 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 trying to pass off as receivers yeah. last year. But, By and large, Americans. That's your American. T- that's the best they can do bringing in Americans. Yeah. You might as well use Canadians. And I think you can apply that more widely. Use a dozen Americans and bring in Canadians. That's how you that's how you grow the Canadian game. Create more roster spots and create more positions in the team, starting positions in the team for Canadians. They're out there. And once upon a time, they were out there. If you look at the golden age of the Canadian Football League when there were nine teams and there were there a lot nine, more Canadians starting. There were nine than there, teams. No, but there are nine teams then as there are now. Oh, okay. Sorry. But they used to have a lot more Canadians in the team than they do now. And there was no problem with the game. And since the 60s and 70s, the developmental system has grown exponentially in Canada. So the caliber of the Canadian player should be that much better than it was 30 or 40 years ago when the CFL used a lot more Canadians. So why aren't they using them now? The dynamic of a nine-team league hasn't changed. But the perception of Canadian players has changed. Uh, and I think at the same time, they're, they've improved over the same period. So
1: Holy why are,
0: what's this fascination with bringing in these marginal American players Bring in enough American players to help the talent level, and then use more Canadians. Holy and then you don't have to deal with the where worry, worry about the AAFs and whatever, yeah. uh, whatever fledgling leagues may emerge.
1: For two guys who are scratching their head about what we are going to talk about before this started, I'm in a ranty mood. You're in a ranty mood. I know. I better escape away from you. Not you're just in a yeah. cranky, cranky, cranky Rob Vanstone.
0: Yes. Anyway, for the for the uh, cheerful and <laughs> and svelte Murray McCormick.
1: Yeah, oh, svelte's so a strong word. I'm but... the
0: cranky, ranting Rob Vanstone. Thanks for oh, being with we us. we got to read our, lo- oh. our letter. Read it.
1: All right. I think I kind of took read over it. the whole thing. It's role your turn. All right.
0: Da, 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 da. Uh,
1: please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It helps us grow the podcast. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email rob at rvanstone at postmedia.com and we might read your question no. on the show. No. <clears throat> How many
0: questions Try have we Try the email address again. What did I say? You said Rob Vanstone at postmedia.com.
1: I did. It's R Vanstone. Oh, sorry. R Vanstone at postmedia.com. R Vanstone at postmedia.com. And we might read your question on the show. Have we How many questions we had?
0: We've had zero since last week.
1: Um, that's good.
0: So we're really growing. So the, Yeah, we're really growing the letter. Yeah, anyway, send, nice. send me some questions. And you, as you can see from this offering, we, we need some content. For Murray McCormick, I'm Rob, and we'll do this again uh, next week. Take care.